Hey, it's L.A. Lloyd, and uh, today marking the second appearance for Robert DeLeo as co-host for The Rock 30. Uh, got a lot to cover today, man. It's a new year, so I appreciate you being on the show today. Well, it's a, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Well, before we jump into the uh, solo album, I did want to backtrack just a little bit. I was looking to see when uh, was the last time that you and I uh, spoke, and that was December of 2019. You guys were setting up Herdita at the time, which was released February 7th, 2020, exactly almost to the point where COVID just started ramping up. Uh, things began to shut down. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I kind of think I know the answer to this question, but tell me about the impact that pandemic had on that album just because you couldn't get out there and tour the way you normally would. It gave me a chance to really dig into uh, in getting back to my my playing, um, mostly guitar. Um and I've got a, a, a really nice selection of old vintage guitars that I just enjoy playing. And I had the time to really dig back in and, and get my, so to speak, chops back up and, and play again and write. Well, we'll definitely talk a little bit more about the collection. Before we went on the air today, Robert was showing me this, uh, something I'd never seen before. It's kind of like a banjo ukulele. Uh, I think you said it was from the, the 20s era there. And uh, yes, now you can see it here for our people watching on YouTube. W- where did you actually find this? Have you had it for a long time? or uh, it's Just tell me about this instrument. It's pretty cool. I've had this for about three decades now. It's, wow. Uh, you know, when I'm on the road, I'll enjoy just going to uh, flea markets or antique uh, places. And sometimes they'll have stuff like this. And it's, a, it's an old 1920s, I believe. It's a company called Waverly. Okay. And uh, it sounds amazing. It's an instant mood changer, this thing. And I'm trying to whisk away all the rain that we've been having. So, where do you find strings for that? I mean, is there just special order? Or, I mean, that to me, it's like, well, I got this thing, but where the hell am I going to get strings for it? Well, I, I, I get my strings through Diodario, and they pretty much have everything that you could ask for. They've been around for hundreds of years. Right. So. They will, uh, they will outfit this with strength. That was an easy fit happens. for them, I bet. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of our listeners may not know, I hope they have, uh, but do you put out a solo album called Lessons Learned back in October. And um, an interesting way you described it in another interview, you said you were kind of pulling your pants around your ankles, musically speaking. And, and I guess you mean this from a sonic or at least from a more intimate uh, side of you, if you will. Yes, I think it was more just the, the, the overall theme of of the tone of the record, uh, lots of, uh, love gained and love lost, I guess I should say, uh, yeah. heartbreak and, uh, universal, uh, themes like that. I've listened to the entire album and I definitely feel that. I mean, uh, did you do a little soul searching or is, you know, they kind of really tug at your heartstrings there. I mean, it's really, you know, it's some sadness, definitely a lot of sadness in that. Yeah. A lot has, a lot has happened over the past couple of years, past few years. And, uh, you know, going back to the pandemic that we had, it was, a, a, I think, a chance for everyone, not only me, but, but a chance for everyone to kind of do some soul searching and, and, and rethink and re, re, reevaluate life in general. From what I've gathered, you know, at conversations we've had in the past, the beginning of creating songs for Stone Temple Pilots usually begins or maybe always begins with the acoustic guitar. I kind of have a feeling uh, the same for this solo album, but maybe the next step from where you go beyond the acoustic guitar would probably be the biggest difference between STP and your solo project. I'm on the right path here for that. Yeah, you know, I've always, you know, wanted to put that acoustic environment into stp records um but this was themed more out of a vulnerability i think and um 
I think it was appropriate to keep those songs in that in that tone of of that vulnerability, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing uh, that I did notice is just the uh, the many guests that work with you on the album, uh, especially in, in vocalists. So maybe tell our audience a little bit about some of the vocalists you work with, and um, you know, just reaching out to them and saying, "Hey, I'm doing this thing," or how did you know you get them on the record? Well, you know, I I I. I first off, I obviously I had the choice to sing these songs myself. Mm -hmm. I, I chose to sing one of the songs. It's the last song on the record. Is this goodbye? Um, but I, I have to tell you, I have so many great friends that are great vocalists, and you know, I I I didn't want to finish this record and wind up sitting there and and criticizing it because I was singing it and wondering if it could be better or something different. I and um, I think the people I chose were very appropriate uh, for for the material that I was giving them. Um, you know, it's it's always that kind of thing. You don't know how someone is going to take, you know, will you sing my lyrics and will you sing my melody? And it takes a lack of ego for someone to say, yeah, sure. And, you know, the, the record starts off with uh, a very good friend from England uh, named Pete Shoulder. And Pete is a great lyricist, a great vocalist, and a great guitar player. Mm. He's a very talented person. Um, and then uh, Tim Bloom from the band The Mother Hips, a Northern California band, which have been around for a while, and great band and great people. Um, we got Kara Britz, uh, the girl who's singing. Uh, she does some work uh, on The Voice, and I've known her for quite some time. Beautiful voice. Yes. Um, Jimmy Necco, who is a fellow New Jerseyan, I guess I should say. Um, and and uh, close friend of mine, Johnny Irian, uh, who, who lives back east and a uh, beautiful uh, songwriter and, and beautiful voice for on him, too. Just it's it was such an honor to have all these people. Well, that is definitely quite the lineup of, of great artists that obviously you feel comfortable working with. But, you know, with this theme of, you know, the intimacy going on, I mean, did you know which song would fit each vocalist or did you let them listen to some of the songs or how did you kind of guide them with your vision, knowing how you wanted to match these songs with their voice? You know, I had the songs already picked for everyone. Okay. And it was a matter of just, you know, seeing if they would be interested in doing it. But I think it's part of when you're producing yourself, sometimes you can get so close to it and lose the whole direction of where you should be going. Um, and I, I, I wanted to keep that. And I specifically had each song picked out for each vocalist. Very nice. With lessons learned, I mean, you know, as you've kind of described, it's deeply personal. It's a sonic journey, if you will. Um, and talking about lost love and, and things like that, with this reflection, I mean, was this stuff that kind of really ramped up just because of pandemic, or is this just something that you've kind of had tucked away because it didn't work with your other projects, or in just this was the time to kind of maybe take years of reflection to bring it all on one album? Oh, uh, you know, it it it, it mainly started uh, more recently. Okay, but I I think I think it was just um what what life was offering through the past few years and 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 what I was creating. And, uh, you know, it, it, it gave me the initiative to really start it and, and, and actually 
complete it. Yeah. Um, it's easy to start something. It's not always easy to complete it, especially when you're doing most of it yourself. So what kept you driven? I mean, was it just the fact that you had to because you couldn't get out there and tour the, the new SDP album? I mean, was it just uh, maybe a sense of urgency or just like, hey, man, I've got this time. Why not? It's the perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, I, I needed to finish this. This was a, this was my journey. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always incredibly thankful that I get to uh, put my feelings and emotions into music. It's it's an amazing gift. And uh, people are always amazed by it, like it's some kind of magician <laughs> trick of some sort. But you know, it's 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 always been a natural way to uh to to sort through life. Um and I'm incredibly grateful and thankful for that. Well as you uh showed us your uh, acoustic uh, uh banjo <laughs> I don't even know what to call this thing, man, but ukulele, banjo. So obviously being a multi-instrumentalist, um, you got this chance to go back and, and rediscover some of your instruments. Maybe you hadn't picked up in a while and maybe this uh, allowed you the opportunity to, you know, cr- play with sound. I mean, you know, because sometimes yeah. when you're forced in the studio, you kind of have this thing and you're, you got everything laid out for you. You got your text and everything, but here you are, you've got this collection of amazing guitars and stuff and you get to uh play with them again i guess that's exactly right i think um i'm not one of those people that purchase instruments because i want to look at them Mm -hmm. i think each one has a certain sonic importance to it and i want to apply that to each song and how it works in 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 the song it's it's a arrangement i guess uh is is the word was there one particular instrument uh that kind of maybe even surprise yourself is like, wow, I just forgot about, you know, this, this, and it just worked perfect for a particular song. Yeah. There's always something that I'll pull out of, uh, you know, I have some old instruments from the 1920s. I have a marxophone, which is a beautiful instrument that I always seem to pull out. And it always does wonders to what does wonders to, to songs and, 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 and parts. And, um, but I'm always kind of this, this one right here. Okay. I'm kind of always, that's my new, uh, my couch guitar, and it's been such a, a treat. It's been been uh, been my therapist back there. Go back just a bit. What is a marxophone? Now, you you really enlighten me with some things that I, I thought I was pretty well uh, versed with <laughs> yeah. stringed instruments, man, but you're hitting me from all kinds of sides here. Yeah, marxophone was used, uh, it, it, from what I understand, they sold those door to door in the teens and 20s. It's a very old <laughs> instrument, and it's... Uh, Shaped like an auto an auto harp, okay, but it has um, springed rubber coated metal hammers. Oh, and when you press that, it does a kind of ding, oh, like a okay, old telephone ring. Yeah, um, it was used in the Doors. Uh, the Doors used it. Love and Spoonful used it, and I managed to find one, and uh, it's it really. Uh, I'm in love with that instrument. It's a really amazing instrument. That's awesome, man. You know, every song you release, as you've kind of described, uh, is obviously it's it's something that is a, a snapshot in time, if you will, not just for yourself as a songwriter, but also the listener, because they can go back to the first time they heard a song or your song, and it's almost like a time machine that may take them back to that moment when they first heard it. When you go back and listen to some of your earlier work, does it kind of transform you the same way as the person who wrote it? And are you one of these guys who go like, well, if I had a chance to do it all over again, I might have done that. Or you go like, that's where I was at. I'm satisfied and, and let it live on for eternity, I guess. Yeah, that the latter. I, I, I feel that um, 
recording music is like a like a like a Polaroid. You just yeah. take a snapshot of that moment, and it is what it is. Um, that's what it is to me. I'm incredibly proud of of what we've created, and uh, you know, I think the main intention since the beginning was just you know writing the greatest songs possible. I think that was the main intention, and for that reason of doing that, you know, getting up on stage 30 years later, it, it, it still feels the same. I still have the same passion and love for those songs. And I've always remained a fan of music. You know, I, I think that's important as a musician is remaining a fan of music. I, 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 I look at music as something that inspires me still to this day. Um, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. When you, uh, you know, maybe have written a song that was, you know, during a troubling time of your life and you and you perform it, you know, in the current sense, I mean, does it still kind of bring you down? Because, it, again, it takes you back to that point where you're at in your life when you wrote it. Or is it, you know, 30 years later, here you are, you're you're celebrating these songs still. I mean, is it happy yeah. or sadness for you? It's both because, you know, there's times when I'm on stage and if I look at the audience, and they're singing along and what mm. joy those songs bring to them. It makes me happy. But when I think, you know, there's, there's memories of Scott sure. and things that come in that, you know, we wrote some amazing stuff together. And when I stop um, on stage and, and look inside, yeah, I get a little sad. I get sad and I think about what we've created and, and obviously him, him not being around anymore. Right, for sure. I did want to talk a little bit about Ryan Williams, who engineered and mixed the record for uh, for this yes. one. Um, tell me about his input, his feedback, and, you know, um, I guess ultimately he was involved in the track listing as well because, uh, you know, you've got diverse vocalists and obviously you want the songs to kind of intertwine with each other. So did he have any input on that or just maybe tell me his overall uh, working relationship with you on this album? <laughs> Um, his middle name should be Patience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was he was very patient through the whole journey. There was, you know, an engineer or a mixer is kind of they sh they should have a somewhat of a degree in, in being a therapist, right? Um, but you know, it was it was quite a quite a journey. And Ryan, to me, is just he's the person that I want deciphering and 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 sonically putting the music in a place where I want it to be is his, he gets it. And he came from, uh, the Brendan O'Brien, uh, mm. school, so to speak. Okay. Um, Ryan and I go back to 1996. He was Brian, Brendan O'Brien's, uh, assistant oh, wow. on a third record, tiny music. So we go back that far to 96. Um, and I just, he's one of those people I just couldn't, see working without yeah his input on everything is very important um he he's his suggestions and everything of what i'm trying to get because like i said sometimes you can get so lost inside yourself and you need someone to go tell me what do i need to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um ryan has always been there for that um and like i said his mixing and 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 his engineering is top notch and him as a person was the track listing uh, difficult to finalize or did it, you know, once you guys kind of knew what you had and the, the final mixes and everything, it, it kind of laid out it for itself almost? Well, I ran that by him. I definitely ran that by him. What do you think? And I wanted to have kind of a journey, a sonic journey. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to separate the vocalists. So there were a lot of things in play to try to make it 
be as smoothly as possible. Right. Um, right. I think I think I achieved that. I think they flow together very well. And, and like I said, the the way you ended with uh, this is goodbye. I mean, that's just. Uh, Man, it's a great, great way to close it out. I did want to talk about the single Love is Not Made of Gold. Now, was this one uh, earlier in the sessions or kind of come at the end? And, and why was it ultimately chosen as uh, as a single from an album? That was the last one I wrote, actually. Wow. And um, I was kind of running out of uh, heartbreak uh, lyrics. Um, and I actually asked Pete Shoulder, who sang Big Sky Woman and Put Aside Your Sorrows, I actually asked Pete to... Uh, write the lyrics for that okay and i think he did a brilliant beautiful job of writing those lyrics they're so meaningful and sometimes you need that outside creativity to spark yours right um and i had the music i had the melody i sent it to pete pete wrote those lyrics i knew i wanted jimmy on there i knew i wanted jimmy to sing that jimmy's got such a beautiful sweet voice and that's what that song needed it needed that vulnerability to it um and uh i have to point out some other people that played on this i have to point out steve ferroni uh who was uh from the average white band and tom petty and just an amazing drummer um <laughs> love steve i have to give props to steve yeah bill appleberry who did the keyboards matt road who did keyboards um matt pin who did all the uh uh slide work pedal steel and lap steel and uh dave egger who got together all this beautiful strings mm. um so i have to i have to give a shout out to those people too well for the kids listening today who doesn't know what a, a rolodex is it sounds like you had uh, quite the rolodex from <laughs> <laughs> it's called an iphone now uh you know going back to as what we were talking about being forced into this lockdown i mean to me it it almost seems like in some cases with you and, and others I've talked to, the pandemic was almost a little bit of a blessing because it gave you that push. It gave you that shove, that nudge, if you will, to, as you said, to finish this stuff. I mean, do you ever look at the pandemic as, as you know, from an artist <laughs> standpoint as a, as a blessing? Well, it was, let me put it this way. It was a creative blessing. Right. And a financial curse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ain't that the my, truth? You know, my, my business went away for a couple of years. So Indeed. yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, we've got the creative side and, you know, hopefully that, uh, the financial <laughs> part will come back from it now that you get the chance to get <laughs> yeah. back out there, man. But yeah, absolutely. One other question I've always wanted to ask you many times in my life, I've had the opportunity, uh, working with different radio stations to be asked to stand up on the side of the stage when you guys were performing. And, and one thing I noticed about you is sometimes you will play the bass almost vertical, like you turn it up high. And I, I didn't know if that's because it's a, a throwback to the stand-up bass or if it's more comfortable or tone. I've, I've always wanted to ask you that. So what's, what's the answer? It's strictly comfort. Really? I have long arms and <laughs> it just feels more comfortable. I, I got to say, after 30 years of pounding on metal strings, my uh, my hands and my, my arms are quite sore these days i get you so uh it just feels more comfortable for me if i if i play with this hand and this wrist like this mm -hmm. it automatically just cramps up i got you so i put as far down as possible so i can keep that hand straight and it's just more uh comfortable for me to have this hand up here instead of extending the arm i've always felt that so 
It's a comfort thing. Visually, it just looks like a badass rock star up there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I also had to comment about uh, my daughter. She's 18. She's been playing guitar since she was about 12, and she has really gone to this throwback kind of thing. And the artist she has been playing nonstop every time we're in the vehicle together is Glenn Campbell. And I see you've got Glenn Campbell behind you there, so I would be... Remiss if I didn't ask you about that because she'd be uh, she's going to watch this video and go like Dad, why didn't you ask him about Glenn Campbell? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm working on my wall of fame here. Um, yeah. I became friends with Glenn back uh, several years ago, and uh, actually got to play with him and hang out with him. And wow, what an amazing, amazing, talented human being! Yeah. I really I really miss him, and yeah, I. I uh, have a lot of feelings for that man. He's been a huge inspiration and huge influence. Wrote, well, performed some of the best songs ever written, Jimmy right. Webb songs. And, uh, you know, that's a huge part of my DNA. That's amazing. Glenn and Jimmy. Yeah. Well, I gave her a, a turntable two or three years ago, and she's right. always collecting albums. And, I mean, anytime she can find a Glenn album, she's like, Dad, did you know he did this song? And did you know? I was like, wow. I said, you're really making your old man proud here, I got to tell you. That's, that's beautiful. 18 and listening it, to Glenn Campbell. Yeah, totally. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Give her props. Definitely will. Well, to close it out, uh, we got time to play a couple more tracks. So I'd like to do one more besides a single from the solo album you can pick. And maybe, uh, I know this is a tough one going back through all the SDP catalog, but maybe one from that as well. Sure. Um, I'm going to pick uh, a song that's very dear to my heart, uh, Big Sky Woman. Good one. And that's uh, Pete Shoulder on vocals, Bill Appleberry on uh, uh, piano and organ and Steve Ferroni on drums and me on the rest. Oh, Ryan on vocals too. And how about one from STP? I think one of my favorites I've written is 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 uh, Hello, It's Late. Okay. Uh, off the Shangri-La Dida record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that one. All right. Well, those are two great ones we can play today, man. Well, uh, I've definitely enjoyed talking with you and uh, for too. sure, uh, is there anything you can tell us about? Uh, I know the fans are thinking... When am I going to get to see you guys again? Is there anything you can put out today, or is that still all in the works since it's still early in the year? We're actually going to New Zealand at the end of this month. Oh, wow. Um, and I am really excited about going down there. I've been down there once before, and uh, it's one of those places I think I could probably move to. Really? Yeah, it's beautiful down there, and I can't wait to go. It's going to be summer down there, too. Yeah. So uh, just really looking forward to that. We're still working on the spring and fall. We're uh Actually going to uh, South America in April. Okay. Trying to figure out the summer still. Yeah. But we'll be coming around. All right, Robert. Well, thanks for talking with us today, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, brother. It's been a pleasure, man. Take care. Take care.